Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 189 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show builds and leads impactful, cohesive development teams from the ground up to solve thorny problems. He turns Wild West-style engineering organizations into professional powerhouses by leading untested initiatives through to successful deployment and broader adoption. So welcome to the podcast, Rob Allen. Thank you. It's great to be here, Phil. So, Rob, that's obviously quite a brief introduction. Could you perhaps tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're up to right now? My educational training is in psychology, which is kind of different for an IT leader. But I find I use that quite often in my work. Around 2008 or 2009, most of my work shifted from being a coder full-time to being a wrangler of cats and building teams to or directing teams to get the work done, which ended up working out a lot better than me writing the code all the time. (laughs) Right. By 2010, uh, that had been made official. And moving on from there, it just kind of kept failing and falling upward. As it stands right now, I am the vice president of engineering at a software company here in Boston called Wondor. And I also assist people in taking more direct action with their careers for the people stack, uh, at which I am the CTO and head career strategist. In terms of Wondor, are they a software development house? Do they focus in a particular niche or area? Yes, we help uh, retailers who have a broad range of shapes and sizes to their stores in multiple locations. We help them do their merchandising better and communicate better with their stores and vice versa. So right. that's a software as a service application for those larger larger footprint retailers. Okay, and, and your role as CTO as well for the people stack. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, since the people stack, aside from me, is a solopreneur type of adventure, whenever there is anything happening with any of my wife's web presence, I have to deal with it. <laughs> I also advise her on all of the technical change choices that she needs to make that I then need to implement. Right. Okay. So you really are her technical support. Exactly. Okay. Um, Rob, can you perhaps share with us a top career tip, one that the audience may not know and should? One of the things that I've been saying lately to a lot of the folks I speak with on the phone as part of our people stack work is that the best GPS on the planet can't tell you anything useful if you don't have a destination in mind. And the same is true when you're trying to seek advice for your career. If you don't know where you want to go, if you don't know what the North Star is that you want to end up as, then any advice that you receive is going to be basically a finger in the wind. You're, you're not going to get very far with that. And when we talk about what that objective is, what that end game is, 
it's not just like I want to have a specific title or I want to work in a certain industry or for a certain size company, but more about this is what I want my life to be like. These are the things I want to be able to achieve and accomplish and experience that I can't right now because X, Y, Z. So set that destination before trying to move on. Yeah. Now, does that destination remain consistent? Is that something that might change over time? It would absolutely change over time. And it's going to vary quite a bit from where you are in your career and whether or not you've achieved that yet. So at one point in time, my goal or Jen and I's goal was to move back to Boston. We were living in Philadelphia at the time. And so we had set a five-year plan. And no sooner had we set the five-year plan as I got an interview and subsequent job offer to move to Boston. So that goal had to change. And in terms of the the journey to get to that destination, how do you perceive or look at that? Well, it's going to be a series of steps. And as long as you have that destination in mind, every time you're faced with a decision, every time you have to make a small choice, about, hey, we have uh, this job that you know we think you'd be really great at, compare it to the mission, compare it to that objective. Does it get you closer? Does it bend your, your story arc closer to that outcome? Or does it veer it away from it? Or does it do nothing in the direction that you want at all? And having that, that North Star available to you is going to be really valuable for figuring out whether or not you should take that role, take that choice, or try and make leaps in other directions. Yeah. Okay. So Rob, can you share with us your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? So I had mentioned back in the intro about uh, 2010 being a pivotal point where things started to accelerate for me. And the worst moment lives in that space, as does my best moment. And they're highly related. So at the time, uh, my wife, Jen, was a professor. And we were traveling to go to a, um, a conference down in Puerto Rico. And we've gone to these conferences fairly frequently. So often on the time scale of two, three times a year. The people we run into are well familiar with us, and we've known them since before 2000. So good, close friends and family, basically. Yeah. And we had arrived in Puerto Rico for one of these uh, one of these conferences. And as a non-relevant spouse, uh, my job was to head to the bar with the other non-relevant spouses and hang out and basically have a good time while everybody else was at the conference. <laughs> and right. one of my other fellow non-relevant spouses was at the bar and had been there for some time. And uh, this is the, the non-relevant spouse for someone who is um, highly venerated in my wife's space. Somebody who has been a, a pivotal player in a lot of decisions and work that we had both done up to that point. And as I walk up to the bar, he turns and notices me and smacks the top of the bar and says, well, here's Rob Allen, often wrong, seldom in doubt. Okay. And so at that point in my career, I had considered myself to be intelligent, mindful, helpful, 
at no point had I thought of myself as a loudmouth know-it-all who is full of confidence, but with nothing to show for it. And that put some real severe cracks in whatever armor had been surrounding me and keeping me from seeing that about myself. But after examining myself over the time, over time, we were in Puerto Rico for about a week and a half. And so I had some time to myself. I realized that that was an accurate description and started to make some shifts in how I presented myself and how I acted. I realized that as a six foot tall white guy with a deep voice, even just being in a room and talking at what I consider to be my normal volume was overpowering and overshadowing. And that being a louder person, my opinion would carry more than it necessarily had reason to. Yeah. So I started to change how I interacted in different meetings. I started to not talk as much, which was, I think, a boon to everybody. And then I started to also ask questions with more inflection on the question itself. So really showing more curiosity and wonder with how I was asking questions so that I wasn't delivering an opinion with my question. Yes. It was purely, I want to understand where you're coming from with this. And the things I started to learn by doing that were just eye-opening. And it's at that point that my career started to skyrocket. It had been drifting heavily toward leadership already just because people did what I said, even if I had no basis in reality to claim for them to go do those things. But now people did what I didn't say as well and talked with me about it. And we were able to converse around why they came to that conclusion or why they decided to do that. And I started to learn more and I started to educate more also through questions. And so that is also sort of the best moment. It made me feel like crap, but once I realized where it came from and what it meant for me, I was able to move beyond it and get forward. Sure. So that sort of change in dynamic in yourself helped presumably the way you work with other members of your team and and, and therefore the whole working environment changes as, for you in particular. Yes. And because my presence was so pivotal and so central, unfortunately, to so many of those things, it had a much wider impact than just me and my perception. Yeah. It allowed other voices in and it allowed other outcomes to appear that just weren't possible otherwise. Right. I mean, in terms of those benefits, could you maybe give us an an understanding of what they were? Well, um, some team members were, had been afraid of me prior. Um, They wouldn't bring up concepts in front of me for fear I would shoot them down or that I would mock them or that not paying attention to them. I would just run right past whatever they were trying to present by making more space in the conversation, by being a a softer, more curious person, they entered into the conversation and everybody learned from their perspective. So at the time, my team was half full-time employees at one end of a really packed conference table. And the other half of the really packed conference table were contractors on site from a company in India. 
And everybody at the table had divided jobs, basically. We had Java developers, we had web developers, we had some project managers, we had some folks who tried to be more full stack, all gathered around this one, maybe 15 foot long conference table. And that was our routine working condition. It was just really packed and close. So me interacting with those individuals in my previously bombastic way really set the tone for the room. Yeah. There was nowhere to hide. Changing made that a much more collegial atmosphere. Okay. So it's interesting to hear how you were able to change that. And and that became a highlight for you. So Rob, can you perhaps tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? Well, I think that in the last four to five years, we've seen a, a major uptick in people caring about the craft of management within IT and software. And that's led to a boon in good new voices, new books, and new, new thinking on things. I remember about seven or eight years ago, I read the book Peopleware, which was written in the early 80s originally. Yes, yep. And aside from the references to fax machines coming in to, to change the world and corded phones being a, a real thing that people were talking about at that point, everything else in Peopleware was still an issue that my teams and the teams I interacted with were still dealing with. And that was just frustrating and confounding. And I think we've made real progress in the last seven or eight years at really starting to try and address many of those issues. Sure. Do you think that relates to some of the the moves around sort of diversity and inclusiveness? Absolutely. A couple of the, the most important voices that I can think of are Camille Fournier and Lara Hogan. And I don't know that they would have been taken as seriously 20 years prior, 10 years prior. Yeah, that's probably quite true. Okay, Rob, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Okay, fire away. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Well, having a degree in psychology does not make one a lot of money. My wife was starting a PhD program in another state. I needed to move to be closer to her and start winning some money. And I knew how to write HTML and CSS. And it kind of just took off from there because I was actually pretty good at it and really enjoyed the the craft of building things. And what's the best career advice you've ever received? Um, shut up. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's really the best advice. Um, for someone in my particular space, that was the best advice. And conversely, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? I'd have to say the worst career advice I had ever heard was hang in there and just stick it out. Management will make it better eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Not always the case. And if you were to begin your IT career again right now in today's world, what would you do? So from a technical side, I would focus a bit more on data analytics analysis and those kinds of technologies. 
my career began on the front end and then I learned data and then I learned middle, which is just kind of back asswards. But I would also have a strong focus on the fact that software is a team sport. Yes. And that you need to get the people right for the software to be right. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Well, right now, uh, I am a six-month-old VP of engineering with a small team trying to do too much with too little. And I would like to see that through to us having a, a higher degree of efficiency and also nail down our hiring processes so that we're, we're sure that everybody we're bringing in, we're proud of. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? There's a lot of non-technical skills that go into focusing on people. And I think the, the most important one, though, is empathy. Being able to understand and see the, the other side of something because that person is trying to teach you something. You need to learn that. Yes. And Rob, what do you do to keep your own career energized? Well, um, I am active in a number of places. So beyond the people stack and beyond one door, I'm also active in the RANS leadership Slack team, which is started by Michael Lopp, who is online as RANS in Repose. There are about 10,000 software people in that Slack team talking about everything that has to do with running a, a software organization. In addition to that, I have my family stuff, I have a, a dream of owning a stable of cars for which I bought the first car. And um, yeah, seeing progress on all of those things. Right. Okay. I think you answered my next question anyway, but I'll ask it. So what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Technology is very pervasive in my world and in my life. So I do spend a lot of time playing video games. I love to play Overwatch. Um, if you are on the PlayStation 4 playing Overwatch, my handle is Feature Creep, and I would love to play a couple of rounds with you. Um, <laughs> beyond that, I love going for a nice long drive. And we've recently found that my son likes hiking where he gets to climb up big rocks. So we're going to be doing a lot more of that. Right. Excellent. So out outside. Good. <laughs> Um, and Rob, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? If you're looking to energize your career, having a goal is absolutely essential. It doesn't have to be perfect. Whatever you want to achieve, whatever the things are in your life, and examine not just your work, but also your relationships, your health, your free time, figure those things out, write them down, and keep it close. And Rob, finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, on Twitter, I am Rob's Pages. On LinkedIn, I am, it's linkedin.com slash in slash Rob Allen. I love getting tweets and we'll talk with folks on Twitter anytime. And then also, you know, find your way into the leadership Slack. I, I am always on. Great. Rob, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. And great talking with you too, Phil. A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice and experiences. 
you'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer community group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions, and thoughts on the future of the industry. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.